0: Hey there, this is Dustin McLean. And Allie McLean. And we're pumped that you're joining with us today. And if you're a part of our Purpose Church family, whether in person or online, we'd love to connect with you via social media at OurPurpose.Church on all social media outlets. And on our website at www.OurPurpose.Church we can get you plugged into a group, other giving options, and an opportunity to connect with the Purpose family all across Western Kentucky. And we hope today's message encourages you and inspires you, and so let's jump into the message. I'm so honored that you're here. Thank you guys so much for, for being here today. Now, what I want to start out doing is just welcoming everybody in online uh, and on the podcast. I know you may be watching this later on today or throughout the week or listening as you're driving down the road, and we love you. We honor you. We're glad you're a part of, of the community called Purpose Church, and we'll just tell you, though, it's better in person. Am I right, everybody? It's better just to be in a room, and so we invite you to come. If you haven't ever checked it out in person, come hang out with us on a Sunday. Come on. Can we put our hands together and welcome everybody in online? Love that. Let them know we love them, even if you're from a distant we still love you a whole lot, and so we're really glad. I'm glad that all of you are here, and I'll just start out by saying we've been in this series called Game Day. Somebody shout Game Day! And uh, I'll just tell you that we—I'm um, excited about it today. But before we get to that, uh, we've been talking through this whole idea starting last week of the fact that you got to have the right people around you, right? You got to have the right people in your huddle, uh, and we'll talk a little bit about that in a second. But I'll just tell you again: while you came in and why you came in, I had to walk around all of the stuff outside. The reason was uh, was for that. It was intentional because we wanted to make sure that today you understand that we're not going to let you walk out of this place without you. Having having some right people on your team, having some people that we are going to let you walk out of this place. That sounded really bad. Uh, But like, we're going to let you walk out of this place, but you're going to have to walk around uh, if you're going to avoid all of the things that we have going on as far as crews go. And I want to take it even a step further. I want you to know that even our serve team, the Purpose Church serve team, there's all different types of teams at Purpose Church, but make up one serve team. Are you thankful for the Purpose Church serve team as a whole? Come on, can we honor our serve team? Let's put our hands together. I love you. I'm thankful for you from the setup team to our kids team. Team, coffee team, park team. Don't you love the park team pulling in? Somebody waving at you, excited that you're at church. I like that, right? All of those teams make up the Purpose Church Serve team. And so, I just want to let you know: uh, not only do we have crews that are going on, but I want you to understand that even in, when you join a team, even when you go through next, which happens on the first and third Sunday of every single month, which is happening next Sunday during this experience, uh, uh, if you go through that and you want to join the church or join the team, when you jump on team, I want you to understand that what you're committing to also. It's for somebody that's going to pastor you, somebody that's going to lead you, somebody that's going to encourage you, as you're going to grow together as you serve together, that that's all going to be happening uh, in a on a serve team. So maybe you're here even just for the semester uh, at college. Man, I encourage you, jump in on the serve team, jump into a crew, I believe, on the other side of your commitment, that there are some incredible relationships and some incredible things that God wants to do with you, if you would commit to doing that. Amen or me, everybody. All right, and another thing I want to tell you about, obviously, you may have heard about it, uh, but we're getting a permanent facility here in a few months. Come on, somebody. I'm happy to report that, guess what? Walls are going up this week on the inside. That's a good thing. Uh, I'm excited about that. So walls are going up on the inside. That's, that's exciting to start to see how it's going to be laid out and where our kids are going to be and where service is going to be happening and all of those things. But I'll just tell you, too, maybe you've got, uh, we've got a couple things that are going to be coming up here soon that we would just love your help with, that, and again, if you want to build some community that. Ain't nothing like sweating together, serving together. Come on, somebody, right? And uh, uh, if you've got some skills, they're gonna throw it up there. You got skills? Are you a carpenter? Are you an electrician? Are you a plumber? Are you a handyman? Are you a broomers? What I like to call them. Like, can you sweep? Okay, can somebody can somebody sweep? If you could do that, if you can wipe down windows or walls or whatever, you don't have to have like uh, a specific necessary uh, like like electrician or carpenter or whatever. If you want to help in any way possible, there's gonna be some things that we get to do as a church just to build the team even more. Build our camaraderie together, but also get our facility ready, if you would want to be a part of that, would you just text the word, you can get your phone out right now, and just text the word BUILD to 270 229 that lets us know, we will keep you updated on what those dates are, and there's going to be a couple coming up here soon. So if you don't mind, go ahead and text in that. Uh, It's going to be on a Saturday uh, over the next couple of weeks that we get a chance to get out there and serve and get excited about our facility. We get to call home for the next few years together. It's going to be a whole lot of fun until we outgrow it and then we got to figure something else out. Come on, somebody, right? That's the kind of faith that I'm going into it with. I hope you're with me. Everybody good? Everybody good? All right, good. Well, I'm excited about today, game day week two. Somebody one more time shout game day. All right, this whole idea of game day, what is it about? We've been talking and started talking last week about this idea of making sure that you got the right people on your team. I think it's so important uh, that you understand it, is that We even talked about it last week. Whether you know football or not, obviously football season's here. Your boy's a big football fan. I'm sorry about my Dallas Cowboys. We played good, but Tom Brady, oh, my goodness. Man, you a stud and you're good at football. What's the deal? And they beat us other night. That just happens. But how about our racers hanging in with Cincinnati yesterday? Played well. We got, we got some football guys that come to church and coaches, so I'm grateful for them. Uh, man, to play well. I just love football season. And, and maybe you like football, maybe you don't. Maybe you don't understand. It, okay. Let me tell you, the goal of football is to score more than the other team. Okay. It's like if you didn't know that, that's the goal. Okay. Like that's what you're supposed to do. Supposed to score more than the other team before the time runs out. Uh, and so I, I know Al. She's learned some football through the years. And you know, she's like, "Why do they do that? What's that called?" And uh, baby, that's that's a touchdown. No, I'm just kidding, babe. You were you were not that. You were not that way. You are definitely not. I'm so sorry. I apologize. You, I'm sorry. I'm right, in front of everybody. I'm embarrassing myself. Um, uh, she's not like that. She knows football, but you know offsides or pass interference or whatever it might be. There's some things that that we may not understand, but I think we can all understand this idea of the. Hud- I'm really sorry, Mama. I know you give me that look right there in that front row. I'm like, oh man, I'm I'm not coming home this afternoon. Make sure they're asleep. Um, no, <clears throat> I, I, but we all understand. Uh, she's not that. I'm, I'm making you out to be like really bad. I'm so sorry. I. I this is the sweetest woman on the planet, no joke, and I'm, I'm acting like you don't know nothing about football and you're going to whoop my butt this afternoon. So um, uh, back to where we were, ADHD, here we are. Uh, let, let's talk about this idea of all of us can understand, whether you know football or not, we can all understand the importance of the huddle. Right? We all can understand the importance of the huddle. The people that you're around that you circle, that's that little circle that they get into before the play goes. Just so you know, that's the huddle. The quarterback usually is calling out the play uh, and they're trying to tell. They, what a huddle really does, you know what it does? It signifies and lets you know who's in the circle with you, who's on the field with you, who's in the game with you. And even more so than that, it's this idea that you got to know what play you're running, you got to know which route you're going, you got to know which side of the field you're going to be on. And all of that determines. Uh, It is determined by the people that you have in your huddle. So we said this last week, and I think it's important for you to write down again because note takers are history makers, and you may not need it today. You might need it Wednesday. You might need it next week or whatever. But write this down. The title of today's message last week was check your huddle. This week it's check your team. It's check your team. Check your team. I want you to write that down. Then I want you to write this down right after that. Show uh, Show me your team, and I'll show you the final score. Show me your team, and I'll show you the final score. I think that's something so important for us to hear and see. And uh, show, me, show me your huddle, and I'll show you the final score. Show me your team, and I'll also show you your final score. That's what I'll get to in just a second. And this, really this whole idea of the huddle and who we have around us and the people that we do life with all comes from one verse in Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20. This is what the Bible says in Proverbs 13, verse 20. If you're ready for God's word, say, I'm ready. This is what it says. It says, walk with the wise and guess what? You become wise, right? But but listen, what happens is is associate with fools and boy, you gonna get in some trouble. Tap your neighbor, say you in trouble sitting by me today. Go ahead. Did it last week, we're gonna do it again, okay? Walk with the wise and become wise, but associate with fools and you get in trouble. What does that tell us? I think what that begins to tell us is the fact that if you and I begin in our huddle to associate, to huddle with, to do life with, to have people in the circle with us that are positive, that are passionate, that are faith-filled, that are God-honoring for us, what that's going to do is begin to raise the positivity in our life, the faithfulness in our life, the, the God-honoring parts of those life. that that, that the wise become wise, by hanging out with wise people but it also tells me that if, if my huddle is full of, of self-centeredness and people that are always critical about certain things and pointing out the negative or the wrong about every situation or the lazy what that begins to tell me is that you and I will begin to be those things walk with the wise and become wise associate with fools and get in trouble and we talked about this idea that the relationship that you have and the relationships that you have in your huddle have the ability to block the things of God or bridge you to the things of God that God wants to do in your life the purpose that he created you for that's how important this series is that's how important your huddle is and so uh, pastor Craig Rochelle sh- uh, shared some of these he's the pastor of life church the, some some things that I think are so important and I've heard this in the past and I want to share this with us today some things that he said about relationships and about friends that you and I need to take note of and I want to just give them to you just starting out because hey, what he told talks about is this idea that there's a few types of poverty in the world. Obviously, there's material poverty, right, where we don't have certain things, certain water, lack of lack of objects, lack of food or water or, or shelter or whatever it might be. There's spiritual poverty, which, which happens to be there's a lack of hope in the midst of whatever situation you're going through that you don't have Jesus, so you have a spiritual poverty happening. And then he goes on to say that there's this thing called relational poverty that so many people are walking around in in life and they don't even realize. Right, They don't even realize that they're walking around with this lack of intimacy, this lack of friendship, this lack of relationship, uh, and we don't even recognize it because we live in a culture that's telling us it's okay to do everything by yourself. We're living in a culture that's telling us, hey, be independent. Don't depend on nobody. I can handle this on my own. I'm good. I don't need nobody else. So so, so I want us to understand something. When it comes to the church of Jesus Christ, I want you to write this down, is that salvation is an individual sport, but Christianity is a team sport. Right, Salvation is an individual sport. Christianity is a team sport. That's what I want us to get. This idea is that you need to understand that you and I, we've all messed up, that we've all sinned, that we've all fallen short. And the only way to salvation is through Jesus. Right? We're going to preach that. That's what we're going to stand on. We're going to stand on God's word. That it's all about Jesus because of Jesus. That's the way to salvation. So what I want to challenge us in is the fact to understand that that is an individual sport. You and I, we can't latch on to our parents' faith or somebody else's faith or this person's faith in order for salvation to happen in our life. It's between you and God. It's between you and what you do with Jesus. But I want to challenge you on the backside of making that decision and saying yes to a relationship with Jesus. Guess what? Christianity is a team sport. Right? Christianity is a team sport. It's no longer about I, it's about the team. It's about, okay, how can how can I build each other's faith up? How can we honor Jesus? How can we do whatever I'm going to do? Yes, we have to be sure that we're taking care of the what God has put in front of us, but how can I do that alongside of other people to accomplish a goal of making a difference for Jesus? That's what we're called to do. In, salvation, an individual sport, Christianity, a team sport. And, and, and I think about this because, again, that's so countercultural for us because Culture is telling us be independent. I N D E I-N-D-E-P-E-N-D-E. P E N D E. I don't even know how to spell it, but like, all right, are all the independent in there, like an independent woman song or something like that, in uh, something about Beyonce. Or, okay, so like, like culture is telling us, like, we need to just be on our own, do your own thing. And I think for so many of us, we've bought into it, but it's led. Uh, to relational poverty in our life. There's a few things I think that have caused relational poverty. Are you ready for them? I want you to write these down. Things that have caused us to say, you know what, I can do it on my own, I'm good, or or we can kind of just be real shallow when it comes to relationships. Number one is this idea of technology. Somebody shout technology. All right, so technology, I'm not talking about your cell phone. I'm talking about a few other technologies that became before your cell phone. The first one, they say, is the greatest uh, in the last 50 years, the greatest relational change aspect of, of changing what relationships look like. You want to know what kind of technology it is? You want to hear it? You want to hear it? It's yes in Kentucky. Come on. Play it, All right, you know what it is? Air conditioning. You're like, what? I don't get that. How many of y'all love air conditioning? Come on, let's be honest. Praise God for the AC. I love his fall. It's like God has given us natural air conditioning. I love that. But here's the idea is that air conditioning is the single most game-changing relational thing that has led to relational poverty. You know why? And I never had to to deal with this in my generation, but my dad's generation, uh, this idea of whenever you would grow up, uh, what would you do? You would be on the front porch. Come on, we in Murray, Kentucky. My dad, he said he used to sit on. The front porch we did it as real little kids my grandparents' house did not have any air conditioning in it and we would sit on the front porch and what we do we'd we snap peas we'd be out there talking we'd be out there shucking corn come on somebody okay we from the south that's what we do okay and so you would be outside all the time you would be on your front porch you'd be waving at people as they're driving by you'd be doing whatever but what happened with air conditioning is we began to go inside we begin to not sit on the front porch as much. We begin to recluse on the inside. Not a bad thing necessarily, not something that happens, just something that we need to take note of that's depositing into this relational poverty that a lot of us find ourselves in. Not only on top of that, uh, air conditioning, there's this other thing of technology, it's called the garage door, okay. All right, it's an attached garage, okay? You got to understand something that back in the day, there used to be a little carport, you park outside or whatever, and you walk inside, you see people around. Now that ain't the same. You know why? We build houses for our cars. You know what I'm saying? Like we build a house for our car, we push a button, the, the door goes up, we drive our car in. Come on, some of y'all are guilty of doing this. You, Some of you don't even wait to turn your car off before the door shuts, but you need to. But you go ahead and do it because you're trying to avoid any sort of interaction with anybody out there in their neighborhood. Come on, how? how? How many of y'all, that is you? I think a lot of us. There's something, though, I'm with you about country living, about living out. We own 52 acres, uh, and we chicken farm and do all of that, too. Not like random chickens. There's like lots of chickens in a barn. Uh, So so we do that, and I love that aspect of it. But, again, a lot of that has changed the way that we see relationships, that we don't want to wave at people. We want to pull our car in, put the door down, and let them not see us at all coming into the house. The next thing, this is one that's real close to my heart, because I remember this very vividly as a kid. How many of y'all remember the roll the dial phones? Anybody out there remember the dial phones? Come on, wave at me if you do, okay. That's all the people 30 and up for the most part, okay. So like you remember the dial phones. So I remember when the dial phone went to a phone that actually had a caller ID. Y'all remember when caller ID first started showing up, technology changed the aspect. You know what you had to do whenever somebody called and you wanted to know who it was before caller ID? You know what you had to do? Answer it. You had to answer it. But praise God for technology. Okay, who's calling? Ooh, I don't want to talk to them. I ain't going, mm-mm. And then something else came along called the answering machine. Right? Anybody remember the answering machine? Come on, am I just showing my age up here or what? Like, we, what, like what's happening right now? Am I the only one standing up here? Okay. Like, like, this idea, the answering machine was there. So not only do we see it, I don't leave a message. Come on, that's what we used to do. I oh, will leave a message. It's fine. And if I want to call them back, I might. I don't have to, but I might. But I'm not even going to answer the phone. So again, I want us to think about these things. Those things have kind of changed the way that we see relationships. Another thing, technology that goes on to kind of the next one, is this idea of social media. Right, obviously, with, with technology advancing so fast over the last couple of years, the last 20 years, obviously, with social media and where it's gone from MySpace to Facebook and, and all the other things, all the other uh, literally avenues of, of social media, for you and I, it's so crazy that we can have uh, five or six hundred or two thousand or five thousand friends on Facebook, yet last week we can sit here and I can ask you to list five close friends in your huddle and we couldn't even do it. Isn't it crazy how that happens? Isn't it crazy how that works? And that's, again, I feel like a lot of us, were are living in it, and we may not even know it, may not even realize it, that we're living in a little bit of relational poverty. The last thing that I, I believe COVID-19 had, had a, a, an impact on socially was this idea of social distancing. Now, let me clarify something. I'm talking about the term social distancing, right? Uh, in the last two years, it's probably never been more apparent that physically we probably need to be a little bit uh, distanced away from each other. But guess what? Socially, we, 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 we don't need that. We don't need to be socially distanced. I wish we would just said, hey, let's be physically distant from each other. Let's be six feet from each other. That's fine. But when it comes to social distancing, what that began to do also in our mind was that it began begin to erode a lot of things that we talk about and think about when it comes to relationships. And so I want us to think about all of those things. And as we do that, I believe what happens and what begins to happen is we get to a point in our life where we say, you know what, something is missing. Like there's something missing, and I I believe, and I just want to challenge you with this idea, I believe that that something might be a someone or a team of someones that's missing in your life. If you find yourself there, if you find yourself saying, you know what, there's got to be a little bit more to this. There's got to be something a little bit more, and as we said last week, I believe that you're one teammate away from changing the score of your life. I'll tell you, I'll kind of re-up that and change the word, one word, this week. I believe that you might be one teammate. Team away from changing the the score of your life. I want you to write that down. You might be one team away from changing the score of your life. You might be one team, one group, one crew of committed believers that you do life with through the highs and the lows, of those that'll pray for you, lift you up, encourage you, and always have your back. You might be one team away, honestly, from changing your future family or changing your future generations and your kids and your grandkids and your, your great-grandkids from changing uh, the score of your life. You might be one team away From doing that. And I just believe today might be the day that you discover that team, that you find your crew, that you find your people, that you can be real and honest with and have an Acts 2 kind of relationship. What do you mean by Acts 2? I love Acts chapter 2. It's talking about the first church. It's when Jesus has ascended to heaven. He tells the disciples, hey, y'all go hang out. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. And when I do, you're going to receive power from on high and you will go and do miraculous things. And so they believe Jesus. They do what he does. The Holy Spirit comes down and then watches what they begin to do. This is the first church being born. I think sometimes we overcomplicate it and we sometimes just need to go, back to the first church. What were they doing? Let's do what they were doing because something worked because we're here 2,000 years later and we're still talking about Jesus together, right? So let's go back to it. Acts 2 chapter 42 through 46, the Bible tells us this, that all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the sharing of meals including the Lord's Supper and prayer. Let me just pause for just a second because if we stopped right there, I'll just tell you that's the vision for Cruz. That's the vision for community in this church, right? If we just want to stop right there, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles teaching. Guess what? Every crew is going to do. Yeah, th- there's going to be great things that you get to go out and, and, and you can play softball together and you can do all these other, hiking on the weekends. What's up? I y'all shout right there. Y'all like that? Okay. Uh, hiking on the weekends. But what you need to understand is that we're not just going to do those things because there's, there's nothing different than doing those things and, and the world doing those things. There's going to be a spiritual aspect to it. You need to understand, we say ESP in. The There's going to be encouragement, some scripture, prayer, and what's next. And it's going to be, it can be sometimes very simple, but I'm telling you, I love what they were doing. Devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to encouraging one another, to fellowship, laughing. Come on, somebody. Who doesn't love to laugh, right? I love to laugh, love to have fun, love to high five. That just kind of seems what's happening in the Acts 2 church. And to sharing in meals. Lord, who likes to eat in this place? Come on. I think we all do. I think we got to understand something that a part of our crew, what what we do every week is we eat together. That's one of the aspects that we have, uh, because it's something about sitting at a table or sitting on somebody's countertop, and we're just chatting it around and doing whatever, and, and that there's something about that. Obviously, it was something enough for the first church to do, so we think it's really important as well, uh, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. Obviously, every single crew that we have, we want to gear it towards, hey, how can I pray for you? What can I pray with you about? What, what you got going on, and man, I could be praying for you for, and so again, I love what Acts 2 does. They Keep going on. It says this: when they committed to doing that, when they committed to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship and sharing the meals and the prayer, when they did that, watch what happened. A deep sense of awe. Everybody say, "Ah!" Oh. Yeah, it's not like the awe oh, puppy. Like, "Ah!" Oh. It's it's ah. Oh. All right. It's an awe. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And then watch what happens. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything that they had. They sold their property and possessions, shared the money with those in need. They worshipped together at the temple every day and met in homes for the Lord's supper. So we meet, we gather, and then we scatter. Right, that's the goal of of, of church for us is the fact that the weekend is going to be so important for us that we want you to know God on the weekend. We want to gather together. We want to build each other's faith up. And you know what we want to do? We want to meet throughout the week. We want to be in houses. We want to be in coffee shops. We want to be all over the place, just like they were doing uh, back in the day when the first church started. And and shared their meals, watch this, with great joy and generosity. Does that sound good to anybody else? Does this sound like a good life, man? Being able to share that stuff. being selfish, saying, you know what, I'm going to share this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to give of my time, my effort, my energy, and I'm going to do it with great joy and generosity. Watch what happens. All while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all people. Just having some good fellowship and friends right there in scripture. I love that. And then watch as they did that. As they committed to that, as they committed to community, each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved, is what Scripture says. Every single day that that began to happen, that more people came to Jesus, more people were looking at it and saying, you know what, I see what's going on out there, and I, I don't necessarily, I don't even know what they believe, but I want what they have. And they'll do that, and what will happen is, as we begin to share life together, as we begin to do life together and say, you know what, there's a few things that are going to make up a great team. As we do these things together, I believe that God will be honored, that our, our, our faith will be strengthened, and that our walk will be sharp together, if we'll commit to it. So if you're ready to commit, just say, I'm ready. Just go ahead. Just say, I'm ready. Everybody just say, I'm ready. I like it. Because these are three qualities of a great team that I feel like you can say yes to today. Number one is this. We all have refrigerator rights. Refrigerator rights. So this is what I want you to hear about this. This is, the, this is a fun little thing right here. These are three qualities that make up a great team. What I want you to understand is if you're going to be on a team, you've got to have some refrigerator rights. What do I mean by that? Like I want you to understand something like when our crew, we would host at our house... Now our our crew has moved uh, to Dustin and Kaylee Wilson's house, and they're incredible hosts, and we love going over there. But guess what? Our crew, on Tuesday nights, we got refrigerator rights with each other. You know what that means? Let me share with you really quick what that means. Like on crew night, and crew, when they come up, we don't even knock on the door to go in the house. You know what I'm talking about? You know, like when your family comes over, sometimes they don't even knock. They just come right in. That's what happens on crew night for us. We only have to knock. we just coming on in. And then guess what? Somebody forgot the ketchup. You know what you do? You go to the refrigerator and you get it out. Ain't no big deal. Somebody get some refrigerator. That's called refrigerator rights, okay? I want us to understand that. Now, how awkward would it be? Just imagine for just a second, me and you, we don't know each other very well. Can you imagine if you invited me and Allie over to the house and we came over and obviously we're going to hang out in the living room because that's where all the saved people hang out because everything else is a mess in the house. You just say, okay, we're going to be in the living room hanging out and uh, we're just chilling for a little bit. Can you imagine in the middle of our conversation, us just talking, I stand up. Can you imagine, right in the middle of it, like just breaking a sentence, just stand up. And I go to the kitchen, and can you imagine, for, we don't know each other very well. Can you imagine for just a second, you all, you start to hear bottles clank around. You're starting to hear like, I'm, I'm shouting, hey, we're the Miracle Whip. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, I'm trying to make me a sandwich. And I go in the kitchen, and I go to your refrigerator, and I make a sandwich. I make a Cajun turkey with pepper jack cheese and Miracle Whip, because that's all what the saved people have, is Miracle Whip, not mayonnaise. Just me? Okay. I'm just kidding about that. But but seriously. Um, and uh no. and, and can you imagine for just a second, I come back in, I plop down on the couch, and I just start eating. I just start eating that right in front of you. Oh, I'll be like, oh, I didn't ask. y'all want something? Do y'all need something? My bad. Sorry about that. Could you imagine for just a second that taking place? At the time, at the moment, you're probably going to not say nothing, right? It's going to be like... What just happened? Like, I don't even know. But later on, you're talking to your friends, and you'll be like, hey, let me tell y'all something real quick. Like, you know, it's the first time I ever met Pastor Dustin, but he came over and, like, he just went to the fridge and made him a Cajun turkey sandwich with pepper jack cheese and Miracle Whip. And, like, like that's weird. You know, anybody voting that that is weird. Come on, somebody. Come on. I think we always say that's a little awkward uh that's a little that's a little uh a little weird I think the reason why it would be weird, you know why it's weird? It would be weird because we don't have a, a relationship we don't have a, a a trust, a depth to that relationship for me to have the right to do that without permission from you right but but when you're family, you do. Right? And we say it all the time at Purpose Church that we're not like family, we are family. How many of you know that at your grandmama's house, you can just go up in the fridge because it's grandma's house? It's family. So, what we want to create, what we want to have, and the quality of a great team is the fact that we have refrigerator rights. You know what that reminds me of? That reminds me of what we just read in Acts chapter 2, verse 44. It says, And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything that they had, including the miracle whip. Come on, somebody, right? They shared everything that they had. And so my question for you is, let me just ask you this question. How many people outside of your blood family have refrigerator rights in your life? Think about that. Let that set in for just a little bit. And then let me reverse this question a little bit. How many people outside of your blood family do you have refrigerator rights with? I want us to think about that. And if you can only say, oh, you know, maybe two or three, I would say that you're probably living in relational poverty probably would say that you're not living the best life that God is calling you because Christianity is a team sport and we got some refrigerator rights there is a depth of relationship that says yeah what's mine is yours the fridge is yours you need something go ahead go for it and we got to have refrigerator rights I think for a long time Allie and I we didn't necessarily have that uh, in our life, just being transparent with you. I think there's, we, we, we've heard different people say, you know what, there's this one thing, being a pastor, you can't really go and just not be pastor and not do this, that, that you got to kind of have this, they call it the pastor mystique. you got to have like this, this aura, the weird aura about you that you can't just go and be normal. And and, and I think about that, and I think about the idea that, that we thought early on in ministry, that we, we, we are not going to be about that. I guess it's not going to be what we're about. We're going to be about having some people in our life that we can just be Dustin Alley with, and not just Pastor Dustin and Pastor Alley. Like we don't do that. Like we're just gonna be Dustin Alley. That's all we want to be. We just want to do that. And again, I think for so many times we we it was a it was a let me share with you it was a risk. To open ourselves up to other people. It was a risk to be vulnerable and say, you know what, this is an area that we struggle with. This is something we've struggled with in the past. This is an area that we're walking through that trying to be a parent to our kids and love Jesus and build a church and and do all these things that we're struggling with. That we're having this hard time with. It was hard for us to do that. There was a risk in that. And sometimes I want us to understand when we take the risk, we're going to get hurt. Right? There's going to be sometimes times that you take the risk, and you're going to disappoint people, but the risk of not having it is far greater than the risk of actually having it. And I just think that's so important that we must have that because we were created in a, 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 a community God, a, a Father, Son, and Holy Spirit God, the Trinity, a community that we were created in His image. And we got to have some refrigerator rice. That's number one. Number two, everybody shout number two. It's this idea that we all got to understand, watch this, that we all got ugly feet. Come on, look at your neighbor say, your feet are ugly. Go ahead. You got ugly feet. Somebody's like, somebody's literally doing this right here, right now, you know, trying to cover your feet up. I'm just going to tell y'all real quick, your boy's got ugly feet, okay? Like, I, I, you ain't never going to catch your boy in uh, open-toed shoes in public just about ever, okay? That's 100% accurate. Even in our house Allie loves, she, she does a great job of just being mama and cleaning everything and doing all this kind of stuff for, for our house. She loves a good house in order. And then she'll always take her shoes off anywhere. But how, am I lying or am I dying? I'm wearing my shoes in the house all the time. Like all the time because y'all want to see these toes, man. I'm just telling y'all. You come to the door, like I could open the doorknob with a toe. I mean, I ain't lying. Like I Just open it up. I could, that's a little graphic, I don't like that, I just got real vulnerable with y'all real quick, second service, it don't matter, but this one's online, so here we go, hey, good to see you, um, uh, I, but I think about my, my feet are ugly, right, and if you think feet are pretty, something's wrong with you, okay, because this is what I want us to understand is that we all have ugly feet, what do I mean by that, well, you know what I mean by that is that it's okay to not be okay, it's okay to have some flaws in your life, it's okay, it's it's one of those things that we gotta be real with and we gotta say, you know what, I want us to understand that that when none of us, including the guy and the gal with the microphones in our hand leading this place, we never all the time have it all together. And I think it's just a place that we got to understand if we're going to have great teams, we're going to do life together, we're going to be real with each other, we got to understand that we're not going to always have it together, that there's going to be some things about our life that's ugly, that's flawed, that we're still working through, that we're still trying to, to work out of us. We all have a past. We all have issues. We all have things that we're working through. And what that begins to remind me of is Romans chapter 15 verse 7, where this is what uh, Paul writes. He just says, therefore, accept each other, ugly feet and all, come on somebody, right, just. Just as Christ has accepted you so that God will be given glory. And what begins to happen is that we all understand that we've all got flaws, we've all got issues, we're all working through things. And the fact is that when we accept each other and we love each other and say, you know what, in the community of team and and saying, you know what, God, God, I'm going to accept you. You know why I'm going to accept you? You know why? Because Jesus accepted me in the first place. And I never deserved to be on Jesus' team. But thank God he accepted me, flaws and all. Guess what? I got flaws too. Come on in. Join the club, right? Join the rest of the team. We all have ugly feet. And I'll just be honest. We always talk about James 5.16, and I want us to understand, again, this is where that aspect comes into play of individually. Salvation is individual. It's it's an individual thing. Like, you got to understand that that, that what happens is is forgiveness happens from God through Jesus, but healing happens in the context of relationships. Look at James 5.16. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. And I'll be honest. And I I think in the past I've tried to skirt around the idea. Of, of like crews being a place where you you, like, you would talk about what you're going through and walk through, like it's not like a therapy session, okay. Again, we're going to have fun, we're going to eat, we're going to hike, we're going to play v- softball, we're going to do all those things. We're going to raise our kids, the kids are going to be running through the house like crazy and, and that's the parenting on purpose, that's our, our, our crew that we lead and, and I think about all of those things. It's never going to be really like a sit down and like just, but, but I want us to understand something is that there have been many, many times in our life where we have had to sit and be honest and say, hey, you know what? Here's some stuff that we're struggling with. Here's some things. in the crew, and, and the next thing you know, it may be a text message throughout the week. It may be a conversation like I had this morning, uh, a crew member, a friend of ours that I had a conversation with today that was talking about an issue that he was walking through yesterday. So the idea is that you got to understand that we all have flawed feet. I'll be real honest with you. Be real transparent. That stuff that's come up in crew, sometimes it, it's, 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 it's deep, and I think about it a lot of times, different things that come up that, that maybe a text message will come through through the week or whatever. And it's like, hey, man, I'm struggling with stuff I'm looking at. What am I supposed to be doing? Like, like I, I know I'm not supposed to be looking at it, but what's going on? Like, like And what happens is in Crew is it's a place where we can be real. Each other. We all have flawed feet. and It's okay to not be okay, but as we always say, it's just not okay to stay that way. Right, it's okay to not be okay, it's okay to not have it all together, but man, let's grow from it, let's change from it. God wants to do something in you, God wants to do something through you to where you look and sound and and walk and talk more and more like Him every single day. Cruise is just a place just to be real with that. And I'll just tell you again uh, the idea of, of pornography has come up in conversations and text messages before about this and I, i'm able to share as some of you may know my my story of of i've struggled with that in the past and to god be the glory that that's not something i, I deal with anymore and, and and i love my wife and i want to honor her and and, and and okay i know you're struggling with that i've been there too i understand what you're walking through but let's not walk let's not stay in it let's move forward in it let's get let's let's move past that let's let god work on the inside of you let that let that, that stuff that you've been looking at, let's, let's focus that in on the things that God wants you to look at. And God wants to do it, and I'm here for you. I'm with you. There's been conversations that have come up about materialism, and the fact is I'm going to work, work, work. I'm going to get everything I can, and I've taken my eyes off of Jesus. This isn't just my story. It's the stories that come to us and happen in crews and talking through that. There's been times that we've walked through seasons of spiritual burnout, Let's be honest, I think all of us can get to a season where it feels like, man, I've prayed so many times and nothing's changed. I'm believing God that he's going to save and he's still not. And there comes a time when you got to get gut level honest and say, you know, what, I've been praying for this situation and I'm tired of praying about it. Can we say that in church? Because I'm not seeing anything happen. But that's where it's so important that you understand we all got issues. That we've all walked through that before. And we've all been praying for situations. We've all been praying for people to change. We've all been praying for the Holy Spirit to work. There's been seasons where it seems quiet. But man, keep praying. Keep pushing. Keep believing. Keep going. And you need that. And I need that. When I think about the idea that we all have flawed feet, it's this idea of the Old Testament story of this guy named Mephibosheth. That's a fun name to say, right? Mephibosheth was this guy that was he was five years old, and the, the maid servant was running with him somewhere. She dropped him, and he became paralyzed. His feet wouldn't work. I think about this accident that took place and how he's lame in his feet. And the Bible says, you know, there's a lot of people in the Bible that would think Okay, well, you did that. You know why you're lame now? You know why your feet are broken? It's because of sin that you had in your life. It's because of issues that you work. Like, like your parents had issues or they sinned or they did something. And there's a powerful verse about relationship I think is so important for us to see in 2 Samuel chapter 9, verse 13. We talked about David last week. This guy named Mephibosheth is going to be, watch, watch the king David, what table he's sitting at. Mephibosheth, who was crippled in both of his feet lived in Jerusalem, and ate regularly at the king's table. That may not mean much to us right this second, but all the society, I think about that, had rejected him, had pushed him away, had given him a title, had said, God wants nothing to do with you. You don't need to be here. You don't belong to be here. That You belong on the outside. But there was a king who accepted him, and even though he was lame in both feet, guess what? He always ate at the king's table. And I want us to understand, all across this room and watching online, that we all have ugly feet. We all have crippled feet. We all have flawed feet. But understand that when you put your feet when you when you sit down at the king's table, you know what you don't see? You don't see feet. You know why? Because it's covered by the table of the king. And I don't know if you see power in that. I don't know if you see comfort in. In that but we all have ugly feet we all have flaws and what happens is, is we have a chance to pull up to the table of God the King of Kings and Lord of Lords dine together love each other even though we have ugly feet say so, you know what thank God that Jesus accepted me flaws and all that I'm gonna be a guy that says you know what let's do life together because guess what we've all got ugly feet come on can we give Jesus a shout of praise all over this house If you got ugly feet, you understand. You understand that it's the it's the covering of the king. I mean, it's the covering of the king at the king's table that makes everything all right. And Jesus, what did He do for our sin? He didn't just cover it. It, It's been covered by His blood, but He took it as far as the east is from the west. And yes, we have flaws. Yes, we have things we're working through. As long as we have this earth suit on, let's just choose to do it together. Let's choose to do it with some people around us. I don't want to get to the end of my life and be at the end of my life and say, you know what, I did this all good by myself. It'd be good. Mm-mm. I don't want that to be said. I don't want that to be said of us. I don't want it to be said out of, of Purpose Church and the people that call home here at Purpose Church. I want it to be said that, man, we got refrigerator rights, and we all got some ugly feet. And the third thing is this, is that we all do battle together. You want to know what separates uh, cruise that we want to be about in and, and the supper club down the street is that, guess what? We believe that there is an enemy coming for you. He's not just maybe coming, but he is coming. Watch what 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 says. We talked about it a few weeks ago, but it says, watch out. Somebody say, watch out. Stay alert. Watch out. Your great enemy. It's not other people. It's not other things. I mean, it's not like, you know, people from your past or things that you've watched. No, no, no. Watch out, your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour and I think about that and I think about a lion and his prey. you know what they begin to do is is as they're doing that they try to single one of them out and, and the most vulnerable, the most singled out, the one that's alone is really the one that the lion goes after and attacks and some of you are in this room or you're watching online and you are vulnerable you know why? because you're isolated and alone trying to do this thing by yourself and salvation is an individual sport Christianity is a team sport and you I just believe though are one team away from changing the score of your life and when the enemy comes not if when he comes you know what crews do you know what people that are following after Jesus that are committing to community to do we battle together we Battle together when the enemy comes. We do not roll over, we stand up and we fight for each other because Christianity is not a playground, Christianity is a battleground. And our enemy, he's going to come to attack. But guess what? I got your back, I'm in your corner, and we're going to stand up for one of each other, one each other, and we're going to pray with each other, and we're going to encourage each other, and we're going to stretch each other, and we're going to call out blind spots. Because this is what I know is that you don't wanna fight cancer alone, you don't walk that season of a financial struggle alone, you don't want to walk that season of a kid wandering off from God, and you don't want to do that alone, but what you need today, and what I believe that all of us desire on the inside, is the body, the strength of the body of Jesus Christ standing with you, loving you, praying for you, encouraging you, and battling with you, but if you are alone, you're vulnerable, but you're one team away from changing the score of your life. And I think that somebody needed to hear that today. The reason why we put it right in front, as you walk out, you want to know why? is because I, I want to pastor you. I want to encourage you. Like, let me be your pastor. Even if it's for a semester, let me pastor you. Even if it's for a season of your life, let me pastor you. And I have seen too many people walk through this life and get picked off one by one by the enemy. You know why? Because they were isolated and they were alone. And they said, no, not this season. Maybe next time. No, 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 not this time. I'll do it. Man, our our schedule's busy. Yeah, your schedule might be busy, but trust me, it's worth it to get in a community where you got some refrigerator rights, where you got some people that know that, hey, I struggle with some stuff. Let's walk through this together, and then we're going to do battle together. I'm just telling you, you're one team away. Some of you are one team away from changing the score of your life. And I think about this, and and, uh, Pastor Stephen Furtick says it this way. I think that's all great, I think all of that's good, but Pastor Stephen says it this way, your connection to others can only be as stable as your connection to God. And I think that we can try and write all the responsible, you know, the relationships that we see out here, we can try and do our very best, but ultimately they're all still going to fall short compared to the one relationship that you and I need more than any other relationship, that's a relationship with Jesus. I love that aspect, that your connection to others, like, like our horizontal relationships, will never be as good If our vertical relationship with God is not fixed, some of you—that's the relationship you need fixed today. Jesus already has done it; He's already done it on the cross. He died for you and I, our sin, where we mess up, where we fall short. And I'll just tell you, Romans three twenty-three tells us all of us have fallen short of the glory of God. If you could just picture for a second a big target, like that's how when I when I was saved, I was five years old, but I I didn't understand everything, but I knew I saw a target like that—that—that American flag that's back there. And I was thinking no matter what I did, I was shooting a bow and arrow, I was falling short. No matter what, no matter how good I was, no matter how, how many times I went to church, no matter what went on, I was always falling short of that target. Now think about that. That's what Romans 3.23 is telling us. We all fall short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23 says there's a price for that falling short. It's that the, the wages of sin is death, right? The payment for us falling short of that standard that God has set is that we have to we have to be punished? There has to be something that is punished. And here's what I love about Jesus: is that He saw me and my mess and my nastiness and my ugly feet, and my crippled feet, and my flawed feet, and said, "You know what? I'm still willing to die for you. I, I, I want to take your place. I want to. I want to. I want a relationship with you." And even while we were still sinning, Christ died for us. Again, your relationships out here will never be; uh, they'll only be as stable as your relationship with God. Some of you today, you need to say yes to Jesus. The Bible goes on to say in Romans that if we'll confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in our heart that God raised Him from the dead, that we will be saved. So here's what I'm going to ask everybody to do. Would you mind standing to your feet? And as you do that, would you just keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed? i want to talk to you for just a second about this idea that you need to say yes to Jesus. It's a life-changing decision. This is the one Teammate that you need in your life more than anything else. It's it's a relationship with Jesus. And I'll just tell you, um, Jesus, He he died for you. And He died for me. And He loves you. He died for the opportunity to have a relationship with you. So I just want to just give you an invitation today. Maybe you're watching online and you need to say yes to Jesus. Would you just say something like this? If you need to ask Jesus to come in your life and save you, would you just say, Dear Jesus, would you just save me? Give me of my sins. I believe you died on the cross. I believe you got out of the grave. And I put my full trust in you today. I give you my life. Help me live every single day for you from this day forward. Maybe you're in here. Maybe you're watching online prayed that, prayed something like it, but you meant it. You didn't just mumble some words. You meant it in your heart. There was a switch on the inside. There was a, a change on the inside of you where you were saying, you know what? I was in control. Jesus, I'm giving you complete control. You can have my sin. I just gave it to you. And if that's, if that's you, if that's you online or in this room, first of all, I just want to tell you, we just made a great decision. The best decision you'll ever make, the best team that you've ever decided to join is the winning team, God's team, okay? Like, Jesus always wins. Whether we lose this life, he still wins. And you still win because of Jesus and what he's done. So I just want to tell you we are we are stoked for you. We are excited for you. And we want to be a church that honors that decision. You have, you have made that decision. We don't take it lightly. We want to be, put some people around you that can encourage you, that can high-five you, that can answer some questions. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. If you're in this room right now and you just said yes to Jesus, would you do this for me? I'm going to count to three, and I'm going to ask you on this right wall over here. we got our prayer team. Ms. Michelle's right over there right now. We'd love to celebrate with you if you just said yes to Jesus and a relationship with him today. I'm going to ask you to move on three, and our team is going to be moving, getting ready for the the. The crew fair on the way out. So you're not going to be the only one moving, but I want you to move. I want you to take that step. If you just said yes to Jesus, we'd love to give you a Bible, high-five you, build a relationship with you. And so on three, I want you to move. One, two, three. One, two, three. And maybe you're in this room. And maybe you say, you know what, Dustin? I know Jesus, but I need, I need, I need some, I need somebody to pray for me. Uh, Miss Michelle, she'd be honored to pray for you today. Our prayer team will be honored to pray with you. So if you need prayer even, man, that's wide open for you right now. I just ask you to move. Just ask you to move. Awesome. 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 Why don't we do this purpose church? Why don't we lift our heads and why don't we put our hands together and give all glory and all praise and all honor to King Jesus in this place today. Come on, y'all can do better than that. Let's give it up for King Jesus. Yeah. I love that. Once you high five somebody next to you and say, you still got ugly feet. You still got ugly feet. Go ahead. I love it. I love it. I love you guys. I'm so thankful that you're here. Thank you for being here week two of our series. called Game Day. We got two more weeks of it. It's going to be really exciting over the next couple of weeks. I can't wait to talk through some things with you. but I'm going to ask our usher team if they would to come on forward every single Sunday, we continue uh, by, by, by worshiping through our giving. Uh, again, I think if you could uh, sum up the gospel in one word, it's this idea of, of give, that Jesus He gave his one that God gave his one and only son. And I just, I just want to tell you, thank you for your generosity. If today is your first day, if, if you're just checking Purpose Church out, you're just kicking the tires on this thing, this is for people that call Purpose Church home, that, that want to invest and, and put some, put some a seed, sow a seed down in some deep soil, that we're believing God is going to just continue to just grow. And, man, just honored that we get to do this. A little over two and a half years old as a church, not even two and a half, I guess, in a couple weeks what God has done and what we've seen and what we've been able to be a part of, I am just so honored to give alongside of you. You can give online. It's where Allie and I give. We give that way. It's easy for us. Um, it's just the first thing that we do every single month, just pay that very first. We believe in the first uh, tithe, just doing that, that that first portion of that. And uh, and so I just encourage you to do that. I'll tell you a, a, a few ways, again, that, that you're giving is making an impact. Uh, just so you know that there was a, a friend of ours yesterday. um that, that was at a volleyball tournament for his daughter, and he's a pastor friend of mine. He's one of our overseers here at Purpose Church. Pastor Joel, we love you. We honor you. And uh, he sent me a text yesterday and said um, that he got to meet a guy um, uh, yesterday at the uh, thing that was a ref, and he was there uh, and got a chance to meet him. And uh, and he asked him about church, and he's from Murray, and college-age student said, hey, you know what? I hadn't really gone anywhere yet. I hadn't got connected yet. And uh, it's, uh, so th- through conversation with them, he said that today he was coming and he was going to be in this service. So I just want to tell you really quickly that first of all, I want you to understand that, that because of your generosity, uh, not only is a friend of ours, but a pastor in Paducah is talking about your generosity here in Murray, about the life-giving culture that we're trying to create as far as church and, and, and just seeing God do incredible things. So I just want to tell you, thank you. Thank you for believing in that. And God is just getting started. Just wait, y'all. We're just at the cusp of it right now. Just get ready for what's to come. I believe the best is still ahead, that God is still doing some incredible things, and he's going to continue to do it. Does anybody in this room believe that? Say amen if you believe that. Come on. I believe that all my heart. So I'd love to do this. I'd love to pray for you. And then again, on your way out, you can't miss them. They're all out there in the front. I talked about it this whole time. Let's, let's, let's walk out of this place and let's say, hey, you know what? I'm getting in a crew. If I, if I don't find one that fits me, I'm going to talk to Randy Teak. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find out how I can get connected with some people around me. But let me pray for you, and I'm going to pray all the calories out of those cookies outside. In Jesus' name, all right? Jesus, thank you so much. I pray that you bless my friends, that you keep them, that you shine your face upon them, that you uh, shine your favor upon them. You turn your face towards them. And that this week, no matter what the situation may look like, that in Jesus' name, that you would give them peace and take all the calories out of those cookies. In Jesus' name that we pray. And everybody said, Amen, amen. Have a great week. I love you. See you next Sunday. Thank you so much again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. It helps out so much. For more content and information, head over to church. We love you guys and hope you have a great week on purpose.